0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Good afternoon, Bucknutters. Welcome to what we learned live following Ohio State's spring game. Defense looked really good today. I think the rules were set up in their favor. I'll get to much more of that, but the defense won. Forty to thirty-one, gray forty, scarlet thirty-one, and a lot to get into. Uh, I'm going to give some initial thoughts on what we learned and what I learned specifically. Um, we're going to hear from Bill Curlick in about 15 minutes. He's going to join the show talking recruiting right around 2:20 um, Eastern time. If you're listening uh, somewhere else in the country or anywhere around the world, uh, 2:20 Eastern we get Bill Curlick on, and then whenever post-game interviews are over, Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy will join me to share their insights. And then I'll let you guys know, if you have questions, please don't post them yet, because um, I probably won't see them. I'll let you know when I'm going to uh, field some questions, and you guys can fire away with any questions you have. Appreciate you guys joining me. Um, so a lot to get into. I'll tell you what, one thing that was really cool today, and there was some people that maybe there were some groans in the press box that were crazy about it, because it made a mockery of the spring game. I love seeing Archie Griffin score that touchdown, because now, my friends, I can always say I saw Archie Griffin score a touchdown in the horseshoe. Okay, it's kind of cheating, but I don't care. I barely missed them, Mar- Archie. Well, I, I, I was born in '76, so I would have, I, even if I was born during his time, I would, I would have missed it. But or even if he was still there in '76, I, I, although I, would, I followed Buckeye football religiously from a very young age, I remember being six years old in 1982, and I remember that team well. That's the first Buckeye team that I really knew well. I was six years old. Marcus Merrick, Tim Spencer, those guys, John Frank, um, 1982. So, but I barely missed Archie. Um, my mom and dad were actually here for his uh, coming out party. I think it was against North Carolina when he was a true freshman. They are like, who's this little Archie guy, this freshman in 1972? We know the rest. All right, so I am off on a tangent there. It was cool seeing Archie score that touchdown. Let's get, with, let's get to Kyle McCord. Um, these are unofficial. I have him as down as 18 of 33 for 186 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. All right? I thought he was shaky in the first half. I thought he was lucky he didn't have a couple balls picked. I thought he played better in the second half, um, which he needed to. A um, couple things here. Now, his his touchdown pass to Carnell Tate, I think, didn't save the day for him, but I think he needed that confidence. You don't want to leave the spring game with no touchdowns and you know, not a great completion percentage. Again, 18 of 33 is what I had. Somebody in the press box had 18 of 34. Steve Hellwagon had 18 of 32. So somewhere right around there. I had 18 of 33. So 186 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Now – That included at least two drops that I charted and at least three throwaways. So of his 33-ish, or excuse me, of his 15 incompletions, if I'm right, 15 incompletions, um, at least five of them are not his fault. Two drops and then throwing the ball away is smart. Another thing that hurts the quarterbacks in this game, and another reason this was so tilted toward the defense, is... If obviously, if a defensive player got a fingertip on the quarterback, they were down. And not only did that mean the quarterback was down and now you're facing second and long or third and long or you have the punt, the defense gets points for that, right? They get two points for every sack. And furthermore, it prevents quarterbacks from doing things like moving around in the pocket, shaking off that guy that just brushes you, you know, moving around and then making the play, you know, or when they would take off and run. Sometimes it looked like McCord to me has decent mobility. He's not going to beat you with his legs, but I'm – He's what I thought he would be. Like, he can, if you, if you don't give him any respect, he can do a rollout and beat you. But they, they weren't being tackled today. Um, so that was another thing that hurt the offense. It's like as soon as the quarterback was touched, he's down. So he can't really be a playmaker. I get it. You don't want to get Kyle court hurt in the spring game. Speaking of the early 80s, that's how Mike Tomczak uh, broke his leg was in the spring game. So that's back when they just went balls to the wall. <laughs> they did that in the trestle era, too, for the most part. I think he started to pare that down late. But they used to play like a regular game, as you guys know, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, Mike Tom's, broke his leg. I think it was an 83 spring game. Um, so, so I get it. But my point is, I think you got to take McCord's stats with a grain of salt. Now you don't have to take what you saw with the grain of salt. There were some passes that were errant. He even had a bad pass to Jaden Ballard. Jaden Ballard saved him on Jaden Ballard made a hell of a catch nine yards to number nine over there on the sideline from the press box. It looked like there was no way that he was going to catch it. Um, And still, when we saw the replay, it still was a very tough catch. But from our angle, because he was, like, right under us, it looked like there was no way he was going to catch that ball. So I mentioned that he had a couple of – McCord's receivers had a couple of drops. He had some throwaways. But he also had a couple of balls that were not thrown well that his guys caught. So I don't know. So I don't think we learned that much about Kyle McCord. I really don't. He didn't have a stellar day. He didn't have a terrible day. He had an okay day. Maybe some of you guys think he had a terrible day. We'll get to your questions later. Um, I, I I just don't want you guys to overreact too much because, again, I think this was just set up. It's, it's tough to play quarterback in a setting like that, again, where you cannot be a playmaker at all. I'm not talking about taking off like Justin Fields and running for 50 yards. I just mean, again, Ben Roethlisberger-esque. I don't like the Steelers, but i give got to give big Ben props for this. He's like the best I've seen. Could, would he be slow in a 40-yard dash? Yes. I mean, Kyle McCord would be decent in a 40-yard dash for a quarterback. Roethlisberger was slow, but what did he do really, really well? Guy would come in, lift his gonna get the sack. Roethlisberger just brushes him off. Boom, he did this my Bengals all the time, and then we make a play. So that was off the table completely today. And then again, the defense—not only do you get a sack, you get two points. So they made up for a little bit by giving the, the free seven to the offense with the touchdown to Archie. That's why when somebody in the press box was like, "Oh, they're making a mockery of the game," I'm like, first of all, that was maybe the coolest thing I've seen in the spring game was Archie Griffin out there scoring a touchdown. Second of all, the rules were rules were set up to favor the defense, so I have no problem with the offense getting those three seven points. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But overall, I thought the defense had a good day. There's no doubt about it. You got to tip your cap, even though I have talked about this for the first uh, six minutes of the podcast that the offense, the the rules in my opinion were set up to favor the defense. Still, the defense played well, and we're going to get to some of the individual guys I thought played well. I think I charted a total of six sacks. Tyleek Williams had a sack. You know, Caden Curry had a sack, Kenyatta Jackson had a sack, Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry continue to look good. Those guys are your backup defensive ends. You know, you're really, really good at the end. You got the great the starters with Willow Alan Sawyer, of course, and then Jackson and Caden Curry uh, continue to look really good. Jackson's the one that's made the big jump. Curry looked good to me last year. He came in ready to go physically, you know. Jackson needed to fill out, and he wasn't here last spring. He didn't roll till June. Now he's added 17 pounds. Kenyatta Jackson, as I keep saying, uh, he looks like he's straight out of central casting for a rush Six 6'5", long arms, quick, and now he's 252 pounds and he's ready to go. So I like seeing that. Um, Hero Canoe had a sack. Ty Hamilton had a sack. Again, sack. Gotta, but some of those would have been sacks. Tuimo Lalau had a really good move that he barely missed a sack uh, when he beat, uh, I believe it, was, it had to be Josh Fryer. They were doing a lot of rotating. That's another thing we learned. They were doing a ton of rotating. For example, I was curious to see who would get the first um, – by the way, I'm, here, I'm sitting here in the uh, visitor's radio booth. I had trouble finding a good spot to do the podcast. Not a great view for you guys. If you want to see um, Ohio Stadium, I could do that for you. There it is. There it is. Woo! But not a great view for you guys. If you look at my face, instead of seeing the Ohio Stadium field in the background, but um, – but yeah, yeah, um, the defense definitely dominated, and there was a ton of rotating. I mean, right tackle, Zen Mahalski got the first rep uh, when, the, when the ones first went out there. And I do think that means something. Even though they ended up – Zen and Tegra ended up rotating almost evenly. The next time, the Tegra went out there with the twos the first time at right tackle. Zen was with the ones when the ones went out there the first time. And then when the ones went back out there for the second time, Tegra just stayed out there. So he was going with the ones, and then Zen was with the twos the next time. So – Too close to call it right tackle, but looks to me like Zen Mahalski has a little bit of an edge leaving spring. He started the spring game for a reason. Carson Hinsman took almost all of his reps with the ones. I almost wrote down Vic Cutler getting all his reps with the fact I did write that down. Vic Cutler getting all his reps with the twos. So we know Hinsman's locked down the starting job. Then of course uh, Cutler did rotate in there a little bit with the ones, but not nearly as much as they rotated right tackle. So right tackle is still unsettled, in my opinion, clearly. With all the rotating they were doing, basically even with um, with those guys, with Tegra and Zen, um, but center's locked down. I mean, it, I don't think we saw enough rotating. I think Vic Cutler's really that close to Carson Hensman. Maybe there's not a huge gap, but I think Hensman, like I've said about McCord all spring, not like there's a huge gap between McCord and Brown. And it's too bad we didn't see Devin Brown today, right? We really could get a gauge on how he looked using these exact same rules that McCord had to play under. Um, and another thing, even though McCord got to throw the ball three times to Marvin Harrison Jr., that was it. I predicted two. I, you know, I, I took the under, I guess, at two and a half and, and lost. Um, Marvin was out there for three plays, caught three, well, maybe more than three plays, maybe five plays, caught three balls, and then he was done. So not only are you without Emeka Buka, you're without Julian Fleming, you're without Xavier Johnson, and then you get, you know, a sprinkling of Marvin Harrison Jr. And did you notice who the DBs were out there? All the good DBs were out there. Denzel Burke continues to look good to me. Davis enigma looks good. Didn't notice Jordan Hancock that much. I'll have to go back and watch the game. Um, I miss so much when I'm watching it live from the press box. Not the best view in the world. Um, It's great being here, but it's not the best view in the world. Um, But, yeah, Sonny Styles. I thought Sonny Styles. I mean, Sonny Styles had that hit on Noah Rogers. That's a welcome to college football hit. And you you remember, Sonny's the same age as Noah. (laughs) Sonny Sonny should be a true freshman right now. Um, So, Sonny Styles, they've got to find a way to get him in the starting lineup. I don't like the fact that we're leaving spring and they still have um, the best safety on the team running with the twos. Like they need and – I'm not worried about it though, I guess, because I know what I saw. They even played him a lot against Georgia as a true freshman, okay? And that's when they had Ronnie Hickman and some, you know, McAllister and other guys I don't even have now. I I have to think Styles is going to start. I don't get it. And I know him and and Ransom played the same position. and, And Ransom's had a good spring. And Cam Martinez has had a good spring. But Proctor, I'm, I'm not – there's no way I'm buying that all of a sudden as a six-year senior. And maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because, at the very least, depth is very good. I'm not buying that it. Proctor it's going to come together as a six-year senior. I know what I've seen out of Sonny Styles, and he's just going to get better. I mean, what he did as a true freshman, and not not – didn't get a ton of playing time, but he played a lot against Georgia and played well. What he did as a true freshman, we he still should have been a senior in high school, I mean, he's just going to – he could explode this year, next year at the latest. So I need to see Sonny Styles in the lineup. I like what I saw out of him today. Um CJ Hicks, again, I love CJ Hicks. It's almost a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Even though I like Steele Chambers, I'm glad he's coming back and he'll be the starter. It's almost a blessing in disguise that Steele had a minor injury. It's just a minor injury. It's not going to keep him out long. Then CJ Hicks got to take all these first team reps, not just today, which is good, but like all those scrimmages leading up to this. Most of them. Steele was in there, I think, for the first scrimmage or two scrimmages of the spring that we got to see. And then CJ was in there for the last two or three. So important first team reps for CJ Hicks. He'll be the backup to Steele entering camp. Maybe he can win the job. Although I thought Steele had a really good year last year. I'll be surprised if Steele is benched as a fifth-year senior. But maybe Jim Knowles will rotate a little bit more this year at linebacker. Uh, by that, I mean rotate a little bit more at will. And they did rotate at will last year, though, with Cody Simon, um, even though Steele really ended up playing the majority of snaps by the end of the year, as you guys know. Uh, they did rotate a little bit at will to begin the season, so I won't be surprised, especially with James Lawrence I just now around and another voice in the room. They think C.J. Hicks is ready, and it's close between him and Steele. The final role for C.J. Hicks. But Styles has to start, in my opinion, has to. I would say what I've seen from Igbinoson, he has to start too. But they've got three really good corners. They, Denzel Burke, as advertised, um, had a bad year last year compared to his true freshman year. I think now as a junior, he's going to have a big year. We see it all the time with the Ohio State corners at third years when things really click. Remember, people thought Denzel Ward wasn't good until his junior year. People didn't think on Conley was good until his junior year. These guys are the first round picks and. Um, you can argue Gary Conley shouldn't have been a first-round pick, but he was. And um, you know, it was that third year. Even Marshawn Lattimore, people forget this. Hurt as a true freshman, so didn't play, redshirted. As a redshirt freshman, barely played. You know, he had those, it was a hamstring or knee, I can't remember. I think it might have been hamstrings, um, surgery on both. Um, barely played as a redshirt freshman and didn't look good. And then as a third-year sophomore, Marshawn Lattimore had like a fantastic year. And look at him now. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. Again, another example of a guy that didn't do much his first two years and explodes as a third-year guy at corner. Denzel Burks accomplished a lot more than those guys have leading up to this year. Okay, So I think Denzel Burks to have a big year. I like Jordan Hancock, even though, again, I didn't see much out of him today. I'll have to go back and look. I've liked Nosen all spring. He's tall, rangy. He makes plays the ball well, and he's not afraid to tackle. You see him, he'll dart in there. He uses his... Maybe you shouldn't do this at all, as much as, as they used to. But he darts in there, uses his helmet to take out guys low. I like that. Um, reminds me of Antoine Winfield a little bit. Not that he's going to be Antoine Winfield, who's the best tackling cornerback in the history of this sport, in my opinion. Led He had over 100 tackles one year and led the team in tackles. When you see that happen for a really good Ohio State team, when you see a corner lead the team in tackles have over 100 tackles, when Antoine Winfield's badass is out there, that's when. So – not again davis nigvin is not antoine winfield as much taller he's not going to come in and just be a crushing tackler like winfield was but he's not afraid to tackle when i see a 6-2 lanky corner i think eh, how physical is he going to be he's physical that's why he was a freshman all-american at Ole miss last year great get by the buckeyes great get. all right what else did we learn here i took so many copious notes here paris johnson jr here recruiting another cool thing or you know Seeing Archie score the touchdown, my first time seeing Archie score a touchdown in the horseshoe was the coolest thing. Seeing Paris Johnson Jr. here recruiting, talking to offensive lineman, the number one player in the you know country in the 2025 class, the offensive lineman out of Charlotte is here and Paris was talking his ear off. I love that. And it was really cool seeing Marvin Harrison Jr. and Paris Johnson Jr. get honored. And as consensus All-Americans, they will get Buckeye trees. Marvin will probably get two Buckeye trees. Is that how it works, Bill Kerlick? Bill Kerlick joins the show, everybody. Bill, welcome in.
2: Always my pleasure, Dave. What a day in the shoes. 80 and sunny.
1: Yeah, and almost 80,000. Even there was 77,000 or 75,000 and change. And as I put on Twitter, 75,000 and change for a spring game, even if it was free, would be impressive. The fact that people had to pay seven bucks to get in at least, there's also $15 and 25 or $30 premium seats. That's very, very impressive, even for Buckeye Nation standards.
2: Yeah, give give you a little uh, comparison. And I don't know exactly what it's like right now, but I saw a picture of uh, shortly before the start of Penn State's spring game. And it is raining there. I'll, I'll say that. But it looked like there was almost nobody in this, the stands. And I compared that to what, you know, you and I just experienced in Ohio Stadium. And what a difference.
1: No doubt about it. All right. Let's cut to the chase. You're here to talk recruiting. Give me some good news. What, what's the main thing that we need to know about recruiting today?
2: Well, first of all, Ohio State got a commitment, and it's a good one. Max LeBlanc, a tight end from Chattanooga, Tennessee, he announced basically right at kickoff time of the Ohio State spring game that he's a Buckeye. And Keenan Bailey is going to be an outstanding tight end recruiter for Ohio State. He helped out uh, Brian Hartline, and he did more than help, out. he helped him out a lot. You know, Keenan Bailey's a very good recruiter, and you're going to see that transformed into tight end recruiting now for Ohio State. Uh, Max LeBlanc is a 6 6'5", about 235-pounder who catches the ball well, can block. He's a really good fit for Ohio State's offense. And added bonus, Ohio State beat Michigan for him. One of his finalists. Oh, I like that. Yeah, one of his finalists was Michigan. He had a Final Four. Basically, um, it was going to come down to Ohio State or Tennessee at the end. So Keenan Bailey went into the state of Tennessee, took a guy that the volunteers really wanted to keep at home. And then he also beat out Michigan for LeBlanc services. And LeBlanc, by the way, is actually from Canada. Um, So getting back to.
1: It sounds like a French Canadian name, LeBlanc. Yeah,
2: you know, getting back to the north, you knew that could happen Uh, in Michigan. You know, that's even closer to Canada than Ohio State is obviously so big win for high state on the recruiting trail
1: yeah they share a border with canada uh you know maritime border i guess we technically do when i was at you know kelly's island you know it said welcome to canada a few years ago like, we, we, i guess we, we share the lake erie border with canada um good get for the buckeyes i love hearing that um you're getting an out-of-state you know top tight end and they beat michigan for him. i love it all right what do you got next what's the next biggest thing we need to know
2: well it, it was really good seeing aaron nolan in the uh, 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 shoe today. He obviously is the great uh, quarterback that committed Ohio State. And you, know, you got Jeremiah Smith, five star wide receiver. And then I think you mentioned him uh, just as, as I was coming on here, the number one player in the country for the class of 2025, offensive lineman David Sanders from North Carolina. He, he was with his family in the shoe today. And obviously, uh, a lot of people recruiting him for the Buckeyes, and it's, that's not going to be an easy get. But he's not—if uh, he's not interested, he—he he doesn't make this trip to Ohio State today.
1: That's right. And I tell you what—I uh, I just keep asking you to give me the next biggest thing. But I, one thing that I saw that I really liked—I'm sure y'all know—you were here for a while. You probably saw it too. I saw Paris Johnson Jr. I love this kid. He's out there recruiting his butt off. As you as you told me uh, yesterday before I did the podcast, the uh, number one player in the country in the 2025 class. The offensive tackle from Charlotte was here and I saw Paris talking his ear off recruiting, recruiting him for the Buckeyes. So uh, good on Paris. What can you tell us about the uh, number one player in the 2025 class?
2: Well, I think Sanders is pretty open. You know, I, I, as I mentioned, he, um, he had all his, you know, a lot of family with him today. And that's always a good sign. Um, And and they look like they were having a great time. You know, how could you not be? You know, it's, seven as you mentioned, 75-plus thousand, 75-degree-plus weather, nothing but sun, just just a great all-around atmosphere. So a very opportune time to get David Sanders uh, at Ohio State.
1: What's the latest with the, the three-star running back that transferred to, uh, is it pick Central or pick North? Uh, that, yeah, uh,
2: uh, he's a pick Wilson. North, Sam, Sam Williams-Dixon. He's in William pick Dixon. Dixon North. Yeah, um, he's at Pick North. He's uh, from Millersburg-West Holmes is where he played previously, but now he is at Pickerington-North and tells me he loves it there. And and it's a step up, certainly, from uh, Millersburg-West Holmes, but he's talented enough that he'll make that step up and he'll make it really, really well. And I continue to have him on commitment watch for Ohio State.
1: I love it. I love it. All right, what about – the safety from Centerville, the hit, human hit stick, um, is it Reggie? What Reggie? Reggie Powers. Reggie Powers, yes, Reggie Powers. What's the latest with him? Yep,
2: down there from uh, your neck of the woods, Dave.
1: Well, Beaver Creek and Centerville don't get along, but, huh. that's but they're
2: our nearby, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Reggie Powers was at the game today. Um, I don't think, I, as I put on my article this morning, I don't look for him to commit to Ohio State. Uh, at this point, but certainly, uh, obviously, he likes the Buckeyes or he wouldn't have been in the uh, in the shoot today, and he's a guy that Ohio State has been recruiting as a safety.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, even if he doesn't commit today, it seems like I don't want to say fate accompli, especially if, in front of you. There's no such thing in recruiting, right? But I'll be very surprised. No if locks, no if locks. The, when's the last time Ohio State wanted a player from Centerville that they didn't get? That's what I'm saying <laughs> about, like, really anybody, like Wayne – Springfield, anybody from the Dayton area. I'm trying to think the last one that they really wanted from the Dayton area that they didn't get. There's got to be one. There's been players right. from Trotwood that have gone to Michigan, but they didn't were recruited by Ohio State. That's why I'm not worried about the kid from Springfield. I'm certainly not worried about the kid from Glenville, any of them. Um, and I'm not worried about the kid from Centerville because the Dayton area in general is so good to the Buckeyes. And then you have the, the history of Centerville with all the Buckeyes that have come from Centerville, Herb Street, A.J. Hawk, and many others. So – my goodness, uh,
2: Kirk Herb Street uh, was a, the number one player in the first edition of my Ohio football recruiting. It was the first year I did this, 30, whatever, 35, 36 years ago. My number one player was Kirk Herb Street. Who was number two? Huh. I, I do not know that. I put you on the spot there. Well, yeah. also,
1: as you know, Kirk Herb Street was the first player that John Cooper landed, first recruit that John yep. Cooper landed as Ohio State's head coach. It was really cool. The other night. I wasn't there, but Tim May, our friend Tim Mann, you're friends with Tim as well. Posted a, a video. Thank God he did because I don't think anybody else did. Of all the coaches up there, Ohio State coaches up there together. I, I don't think it's ever happened before. You had Coop. I'm not a big Coop fan, but I still think it's cool. I think it's, I think he's a good man. I think it's cool he's stuck around. You um, had Coop, Tress, Urban, and Ryan Day up there all together. It was so cool. I, I after this show, everybody not not right now. After this show, get get on Tim May's Twitter and watch that because it's really cool.
2: Kind of the Mount Rushmore there, wasn't it?
1: Well, I mean, Cooper was there too. (laughs) Cooper ain't making Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Well, uh, That's true. That's true. Topic for for a different day. Topic for a different day. All right, recruiting. All right, let's get back to recruiting. What else do we need to know?
2: Well, um, you know, I I think that Ohio State staff did a great job this spring of getting so many of their top – targets and guys that could become tar- tar- targets on campus, uh, either a March visit, an April practice visit, or the spring game to do, uh, today. I think they did a fantastic job, Mark Pantoni and his staff, of getting guys on campus. And obviously they've been on this recruiting role. Um, they've gone from number 17 in the country to number two in the country in a matter of weeks here. Um, but, you know, they've also laid a lot of great groundwork that uh, some of these guys are not going to be committing um, in the next month, say. They're going to want to take official visits. And if you look at the uh, the weeks of June 16th and June 23rd, those two weekends, there are some great, great players visiting Ohio State, making official visits, already have their official visits locked in. The uh, Ohio State staff is really – you know, it's hard to say that Pantone and his staff – um, are ever not ahead of their game because they always right. seem to be, but they're even more ahead of their game this year.
1: And one thing I'm hearing, and I'm sure you are as well, Ohio State feels immensely better about the NIL situation than they did even four or five months ago. For example, when we met with Ryan Day, um, I was on a podcast yesterday talking about this. I was asked, so I'm hearing Ohio State's really far behind in NIL. I said, well, if you would have asked me that two months ago, I might have agreed, but you know, I gave the example. We met with Ryan Day in, on early signing day. Um, Obviously, he was talking up his guys, but he made it clear. I mean, they, you know, in so many words, he said they basically lost out on three or four guys that they definitely would have gotten if not for NIL that they, as you know, they had guys gave them silent commits and then backed out. Um, But now it seems like Ohio State is doing a much better job in the NIL. You know, a new collective just popped up. The foundation's doing great things. They have this huge event this Thursday. It's going to be amazing. Their spring festival this Thursday, this coming Thursday is going to be amazing. So the NIL at Ohio State is doing a good job. These recruits talk to each other. So Jelani Thurman's telling Aaron Nolan, yeah, they're not going to give you upfront money, but I enrolled the next day. I got a check in a car. He's telling these guys that. So they know Ohio state's going to take care of you. Not a year after you enroll or six months, as soon as you enroll, you're going to get taken care of. That's one Two, I think this helps Bill, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I think kids are now seeing that there's some bait and switch out there with the NIL that the kid from Florida that went to Florida, the quarterback was promised millions. And then they, they reneged on it and he went elsewhere. That helps Ohio State, too, because these, these schools that are promising upfront money, are these kids now not buying it? Anyway, I just get the impression, and I've heard from sources, Ohio State feels much better about their situation with NIL. What are you hearing?
2: Yeah, and to, to go back to one of your points, that very first year of the NIL, um, you know, there were a number of situations and all around the country where I was hearing, you know, kids are finding out this isn't exactly what they were promised. And they got to the, the schools, and uh, it wasn't what was promised as far as what they were going to get. And, and uh, those schools, being named, were not Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think you know Ohio State's done a good job of doing what they said they're going to do and following through. And as you mentioned, you know, they did a real—I think—a really smart thing, a really good thing, is that. If there were kids that NIL-wise were not going to fit their model, they tried to filter those kids out early um, so that, you know, they're, they're recruiting, um, seriously recruiting kids that fit their NIL model and are okay with their NIL model. Uh, and I think that's going to end up um, transforming into a situation not like last year where they missed out on some kids at the end, like you mentioned, because of that.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody says I said when's the last time Ohio State missed out on a kid from Dayton, the Dayton uh-huh. area that they really wanted. Yep. Jackson yep. Carmen doesn't count in my book. He's closer to Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Jackson Carmen his high school is closer to Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's a, he was a fair yeah. He, he no 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 question.
1: Cincinnati Fairfield. Yeah, we played them many times. They were really good in baseball when I was in high school. They won the state championship one year, D1. Um, down down the good point there there yeah. is one. There is one that I forgot about. Turns out he wasn't a big miss, though, as uh, Evan Spencer could say, because he knocked him out of the way and another guy in Zeke's 85 yard run. And that was trade to Priest. That was the last one. You're absolutely right, Sean Duffy. Trade to Priest from Springfield. I just said I was never going to worry about Springfield. I forgot about trade yeah. to Priest. <laughs> That's because he was a bust at Alabama. Um, yeah, everybody want to trade to Priest. Turns out, eh, I'll be just fine with Darren Lee and Raquan McMillan at linebacker and Curtis Grant and those guys. Um, what was else I going to ask you? Um, I was going to get you out of here on this. So Ryan Day even said we met him on, on Wednesday. I mean, he cer- certainly you can tell he feels better about NIL. He was asked about that, as I mentioned. He also said, we're going to get a big class. Expound on that. Ryan Day, That's I don't usually hear him say stuff like that. We're going to get a big class, and we feel good about some of the guys we're in on.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're going to be around 20, 25, I think, when, when all is said and done. Um, Typically, uh, they get in the 20 to 22, 23 range the last few few years. But this year, I think they're going to hit at least that and probably a little more. You know, they've got a great start. Um, They they basically have got their uh, backbone of the class, so to speak. Um, uh, LeBlanc committing today made 11. So they're almost halfway right now. And, you know... uh, we're only mid-April, so, yeah, it's going to be a big class. It's, and, and as Ryan Day also said, not only is it going to be big numbers-wise, but he said it's going to be quality, too, and I agree with that. If you look at the uh, composite right now, High State is not only number two in the country, but if you look at player average, um, you know, how, how good these players are averaged out, High State's number two in the country there as well. So it's good numbers-wise, and it's good talent-wise.
1: I lied to you. I do have one more question. I remember what I was going to ask you now. Um, so, um, or maybe I don't remember. It just slipped my mind again. Uh, it'll come back to me. Stay with me for a second. It'll come back to me. What was I going to ask you? Oh, goodness gracious. I just had to complete the brain freeze here. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, well, maybe, I, maybe, maybe it won't, maybe it won't come back to me. What the heck was I going to ask you? Oh, well, this is terrible podcast. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Um, um, I would,
2: I would tell, while you're thinking there, so, you know, tell everyone, uh, we want to stay tuned to Bucknuts all weekend long. Um, might not be over. Uh, there's going to be plenty of reaction from all those recruits that were in Ohio stadium today. And there's going to be a lot of content on Bucknuts the rest of today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, uh, about this big recruiting weekend.
1: Hearing your voice made my brain turn back on. All oh, right, right back on. I was going to ask you about the transfer portal real quick. We'll get you out of here on this. Are, I've, I've heard from very good sources that Ohio State's definitely going to go after offensive tackles in the portal, and they feel good about their chances of getting at least one. What are you hearing on that front? What, you, what can you tell the listeners and viewers about that?
2: I think it's pretty obvious that uh, the the offensive line, is, in particular, tackle, is where um, the, the needs are right now. Um, you know, they they uh, lost two tackles that are going to be, well, one, certainly a first-round draft choice. Paris Johnson, a high first-round draft choice. And DeJuan Jones may go in the first round as well, too. So, you know, that, that's where their needs are. And I think they're going to go as hard as they can to get at least one offensive tackle that potentially could step in and, and be an impact guy. They've done a good job in the years past. Remember, remember when they needed a guard? They went on and got Jonathan jackson that year. And, and he was key to that offensive line being so good so yeah they target their areas and that's the area to target
1: i love it bill you came strong great day for buckeye recruiting got to commit got leblanc in the class tight end maybe they'll get another one today we'll see buckeye recruiting is going great he is the dean of ohio state football recruiting bill kurlick my friend thank you very much for joining me
2: always great to join you dave and you're doing an outstanding job as usual and i'll let you get the rest of the show,
1: thank you, sir. Appreciate that. He is the dean, the legend himself, Bill Curlick. And post-game interviews just ended. So we'll be hearing from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon shortly. Let's get to some more stuff that I learned, and then eventually I'll take questions. I'll let you guys know. I'm sure you have a lot of questions already in there. I know we have a lot of people, uh, we got a big audience, which I love. Thank you so much for you guys. Um, we're not stopping yet, we're gonna we're gonna be here for a while. Um, we ain't even close to stopping yet? this is going to be a long show so this is not your typical Bucknuts morning five which is really the Bucknuts morning 25 but okay so second team offensive line i took so many notes here it's crazy oh yeah hick all the hicks also had a sack almost had an interception cj hicks he i mean and i like steel as i said earlier i I like steel chambers i'm not saying you bench steel chambers but find a way to get cj hicks out there too Rotate them a little bit. If you think Chambers is better, but there's a very narrow gap to make sure 60-40, whatever it is, do it. Do it. We know Tommy's not gonna leave the field and, and he shouldn't. Thank God Tommy came back. All right, so they did a ton of rotating. So but when the when the twos sp- for I already mentioned the first team offensive line, it was as expected, except we knew at right tackle. That was the one that was. We knew the the four left to right, and then who's going to be the first team right tackle. Today it was Zen going first, but him and Tegra rotated, as I said. So it's too close to call it right tackle right now. Again, we just talked about the portal. If I had to bet right now, I think they're going to get a tackle in the portal, and that'll be the starting right tackle. And then Zen and Tegra will be the backup tackles. Right now George Fitzpatrick, who actually looks pretty solid as a redshirt freshman, has been the backup left tackle and got some run with the ones today when they gave Josh Fryer a rest. Uh, I think Josh Fryer is going to be good at at left tackle. He's not going to be Paris Johnson Jr., but he'll be good. And um, But, yeah, so second-team O-line was – but, again, it's too close to call at right tackle, but I won't be surprised. In fact, I just told you, if I had to bet, I think it'll be whoever they get as a transfer will be the starting right tackle. We'll see. All right, second-team offensive line when they first went out there. Fitzpatrick at left tackle. Chrisman at left guard. Vic Cutler at center. Again, Cutler got a little bit – up time with the ones, but not much. Hensman's your starting center; no doubt about that. Enoch Vamahi, fifth-year senior, who actually has two years of eligibility left because of the COVID year. Good depth there. Enoch Bamahi running with the twos, and then again, Tegra Shibola began with the twos, but they rotated. Running back, I thought Chip Traham looked looked good all spring. Of course, his touchdown run today was impressive. He tiptoes the sideline. He's got speed for a two hundred and thirty-pound back, and he's tough to tackle. That's a damn good combination in my book. You're two hundred and thirty pounds. You're tough to tackle. You run hard, and you're fast as heck. I mean, they said last year when we asked the linebackers, actually Doug Lamarie, so I'll have to give him credit, Uh, Cleveland.com was asking, like, linebacker superlatives, which I thought was good, and he was asking the different linebackers, who's the fastest of the linebackers? They were all like, Chip. This is when Chip was a full-time linebacker. Who is the strongest of the linebackers? They were like, Chip. I was like, man. Stronger than Tommy? Okay, All right. I see you. I see you. Um, because I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Chip's like 5'11". I'm sure he can bench a ton. Those guys with shorter arms. Tommy's more like 6'2", a little bit longer arms. Those guys that are like rocked up at 5'11", can bench a ton. So I, sh- I guess I shouldn't be surprised he was the strongest of the linebackers. I was also kind of surprised he was the fastest of the linebackers. I thought even as a true freshman it might be C.J. Hicks or somebody like that. Um, my point is, Chip him, if he's your number three tailback, I mean, that's that's good, or number four. Dallin Hayden was good last year. I think he's going to be better as a sophomore. It's reasonable to assume he will be better as a sophomore than a true freshman, especially now that he's added 10 pounds. Um, you know, you're going to have get Travion Henderson back. Mayan Williams was the first back to go with the ones, didn't play very much. You know, he's going to be involved. Um, and we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy. It was also good to hear or good to see that um, it was good to see during warm-ups we're going, to, we're going to bring in Patrick Murphy. I'm going to finish my thought here. Hello, Patrick. I'm just going to finish my thought, and then we'll get your thoughts. It was really good during warm-ups. I saw you know, Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor were in full uniform. Evan Pryor, no knee brace on. They're out there cutting, running, catching passes. Um, I won't say they're going full speed, but pretty close. And I think it's very good news, Evan Pryor, um, coming off that torn patellar tendon, um, which is a 6- to 12-month recovery, not even wearing a knee brace. I think that's a very good sign. And then Travion Henderson, same deal. And same thing with the Mecca, Buka and Julian Fleming, and all those guys. They were in full uniform during warmups, looking like they were going full speed. So, real good news there. All right, Patrick Murphy, welcome in. Um, what's the biggest storyline? What, what do you think was the biggest storyline today?
3: I think it is a close tossed up between the quarterback play and the offensive line. And I think the two go fairly hand in hand, right? I mean, it, you're going to need the offensive line to play better if the quarterback is going to have success. If there's going to be any offensive success, really. So I think, you know, it, it, it wasn't convincing today. I think we can safely say that on both fronts. Um, I think that there will obviously be some overreaction to one spring game, but Ryan Day just said, in terms of the quarterback play, you know, this is kind of what we've seen throughout fall, or spring practice. Excuse me. Um, I think if you were to ask anybody who was at any of the practices we were at, you would say probably the same, that it, it was inconsistent. Both guys. Um, we only saw Kyle McCord today. And the offensive line play, look, it's there's got to be some serious development here on the tackle positions before fall camp um, or by the start of the season, whether that's these guys stepping up and developing. And, and I wrote about this this week. Ryan Day said if you'd asked him this time a year ago, Paris Johnson was a guy that he wasn't entirely sold on as – could he be the the type of left tackle they needed? He made a big jump, and uh, obviously Paris was a five star guy and has all the tools, and is going to be a high pick in the NFL draft. But they need uh, they need these guys to take a similar level of jump. You know, just maybe you're not going to necessarily be Paris Johnson. It'd be great if they were, but you need guys to to make those type of improvements. So uh, those are the two things for me coming out of it. I think you know there's there's a lot of other things we could talk about, but if you're asking me the biggest things, I think that's. In terms of a concern level, that's where I kind of stand coming out of spring.
1: Let's get into common McCord. Our final stats have been released. Okay, so he was 18 of 34 officially. 18 of 34 for 184 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Took three sacks. Um, What do you make of this? I counted at least three times he had to throw the ball away. So of his, what, 16 incompletions, I said 15 earlier. I I had it at 18 of 33. 18 of 34 is what it was. So of his 16 incompletions, at least three were thrown away, and he had two drops. But a lot of underneath passes and a lot of errant throws, especially early in the game. And even one of his completions to Jaden Ballard, as, as you were sitting there right next to me, didn't look like he was going to be able to catch that ball. It wasn't a good throw, and Ballard just saved him by making a heck of a catch. Um, but then McCord had some good throws, I thought, in the second half. The, the touchdown to Cardinal Tate, I think he needed that as a confidence boost. You don't want to leave the spring. Like, people are already questioning Kyle McCord. Imagine if he didn't have that play. So overall – Where are you at on McCord? I wouldn't
3: say I'm sold. Uh, I think there have been some good moments, as you mentioned. And, you know, Ryan Day pointed out that these guys don't have their full complement of weapons. Marvin Harrison Jr., who had two nice catches from Kyle McCord, only played a little bit today. No Mecca, no Julian Fleming. So, like, if we're comparing Kyle McCord to C.J. Stroud a year ago, A, he doesn't have the experience, and B, he doesn't have the receivers out there. Uh, but I would have liked to see Kyle perform a little bit better throughout the spring. This is a five-star kid. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been playing a ton uh, these last couple of years, but I, I just expected, expected a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Now, as you and I were talking at halftime or shortly thereafter about what I'm going to write, Justin Fields struggled in his spring game before he, his first year as a starter, Uh, it was, it was not a good day. As Ryan day said this week, the numbers look a little bit better because he had a big pass at the end of the, towards the end of the game. But uh, you know, that turned out all right. Right. So like, I don't think this is the end of the world that Kyle McCord did even out and just put on a show today, but I do think it's a reason, a valid reason for Buckeye fans to be a little nervous. Um, I think you should trust what Ryan day has, has done in the past, their evaluation as, uh, how, in terms of how he's recruited these guys and, and his avi- ability to develop them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly not like you walk out of this building today and think that's the guy, he's the quarterback, the offense is going to be just fine.
1: I thought Chip looked good all spring, and then yeah. he had the, obviously the long run, which is really going to make his stats. These are like high school like stats, averaging 13.8 yards a carry. It's like I could see a kid in high school go off. 13.8 yards per carry. I mean, only eight carries, but eight carries, 110 yards. And the aforementioned 65-yard touchdown when he just turned the jets on, tightrope the sideline, and just outran everybody. Impressive for a 230-pound kid. All right, but let me ask you this. If everybody's healthy, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Evan Pryor, Dallin Hayden, where do you see Chip fitting in this year?
3: Well, Ryan Day joked that the running back of the day was Archie Griffin who scored that touchdown. So uh, they can get Archie back out there. Then I think he's, cool. he's 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 RB one. Uh, no, <laughs> Third I Heisman? think yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, thirty years later or whatever it's been. Look, Longer I think Matt. yeah, I guess so. Seven <laughs> seventy five. Yeah, before I was Matt. born, buddy. Yeah, I'm really bad at math. Okay? <laughs> A long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't keep stats up the there today. Is math's not what I do? Um, no. To answer your question, look, I think I don't know how if healthy. Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams aren't one a one B when we, they were healthy last year. It was, it was pretty effective. We didn't see that for very long because Travion got hurt pretty early in the season. But I, I think that those two are, are your guys. And I think you find ways to integrate these other guys in. Um, It's going to be tough. Five running backs is not easy. I think chip is, is probably the number three back. Um, you know, Dallin has a chance at that. And, and obviously, Evan Pryor, once he gets back in, I just think he's he's probably still a little ways away just because he's missed so much time. But we heard really good things in fall camp. So from what I've seen from Chip Traynham, I'm wondering why Ohio State didn't like him as a running back coming out of high school. And then right. again, coming from Arizona State, uh, you know, I didn't go back and watch much of him at Arizona State because he was changing positions. So I'm I'm just curious why this was, why they were so set on him being a linebacker based on what he's been able to do in practice and in games. I mean, we, we did see some of him last year in games, right? So yeah. he just, uh, he seems to, to be able to make some plays. I don't know how you don't use him, but I still think he would be behind Travion and, and you know, competing with Dallin, you know, maybe it's even a week to week game plan thing in terms of how you use him. Um, on on each given game but uh yeah i think he's probably in there with the third running if everyone's healthy all
1: right a couple more things i'm going to get to we got steve hell up here but he's working um uh, a few more things i want to get to okay let's start with um i'm gonna bunch these two guys together the two five star guys on defense they're entering their second year that i think one of them has to be a starter and one of them needs to at least play a lot um that would be sunny styles needs to be a starter in my opinion Saw it again today. Why Noah Rogers had a really nice touch. Noah Rogers had a great touchdown. That wasn't even a good pass from Gabby. Noah Rogers went down and got it, broke like four tackles, almost fumbled, but then got it and then great touchdown by Noah Rogers. I really like him. But Sonny Styles lit him up. That wasn't any th- any fault of Noah Rogers. Sonny Styles, I just love him. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously Sonny Styles ran with the twos all of spring. Proctor ran with the ones throughout spring. Now Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom played the bandit both, but. They don't have to be married to that. They can start both those guys if they need to. Um, And then C.J. Hicks, I like Steele Chambers, as I was saying earlier in the show, Patrick, and he deserves to start and he will. But I think C.J. Hicks, there's got to be a role for him, just like Cody Simon and Steele rotated a lot last year at Will till the end of the year when Steele really won the job. Um, I think C.J. Hicks needs to play a lot. He looked really good to me today.
3: Yeah, I would say, to me, Sonny is the – Most interesting guy coming out here, and I wanted—I didn't get a chance to ask Ryan Day. He did get asked about CJ Hicks. Just said, you know, he's—he's—he—he said he's more than flashed, more than flashed, more than flashed. Yeah. So he said he still needs to be more consistent, but that you know, more than flashed was the exact quote from him. So that's good. I think that's yeah, that's definitely positive. I don't know how you get him on the field as much, um, but I do think they—they figure out a way. Lath or uh, I'm sorry, Sonny Styles is the interesting one for me because look, if, if you think he's a bandit, Lathan Ransom, other than a you know, the Georgia play, it was really pretty good last year, right? Yeah, so okay, do you move him and have him take the Jeff Proctor rule that puts him back kind of at free safety? And I don't think you utilize his skills as well in that position. I think he's better when he can make plays closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't think he's necessarily a slot got time. I think he can do that against tight ends and whatnot. We saw that in what they had planned for the Peach Bowl. I think it's an interesting situation. I, I honestly think that him running with the twos almost exclusively in spring is more of a motivational thing. Like, let's keep the carrot out there. Let's not hand it to him. Um, you know, he'd, he was a freshman last year. He should have been in high school. So – yeah, it's, I think it's certainly interesting how they, uh, how they figure that out because, look, this defense isn't like Ohio State's offense where you know maybe there's a, a young player who's really good, but you can get by without playing that guy because maybe the guy in front of him is not quite as good but good enough that you can continue to bring that guy along slowly. Um, I think you've seen that with some of the wide receivers here in the past that, that maybe you know, a guy sat his freshman year when at other schools he definitely would have played. On defense, they don't have that luxury. You've got to play the best guys because you've got to get better. And I certainly agree with you that those are two of the best guys, talent-wise. Um, now, you know, Ryan Day, the Jim Knowles, all these guys, they see them every day. We've just seen a handful of stuff. So I will say we should defer to them. But I think you've got to figure out a way, especially Sonny Styles. He's got to be on the field. He's a guy who's already started that clock early. And uh, if you only have Sonny Styles playing really one year, I think that's just a waste of a talented player coming out of your backyard.
1: Defensive line, I had an excellent source so reach out to me. He said, Captain Obvious. He goes, but this defensive line is going to just be fantastic this year. It's like, yeah, they are. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Tyreek Williams looks great. Um, you know, he's entering his third year. All those guys entering their third year. Mike Hall's entering his third year. JT Tumula yeah. entering his third year. Jack Sawyer entering his third year. Then you got the second-year guys that look good, like Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson. Hero Canoe looked good today to me, um, you know. We'll see what happens. I mean, Ty Hamilton's not a second-year guy, but he adds solid depth. they got Jaden McKenzie still around. Amari Abor got some run today with the twos. Not a lot. Um, not a not a great depth there, Patrick, on the D-line, but my God, those top six guys are fantastic.
3: Yeah, Ryan Day was asked about the D-line. and He'd said it the other day that he was a little concerned about the depth, specifically defensive end. Um, but he said that the, the starters have to be game changers. And that, to me, is – uh, a message to guys like JT Tuimolau, who has been a game changer, some uh, specifically that Penn State game, but not consistently enough, I don't think. And Jack Sawyer, who who hasn't really lived up to it at this point. Um, you know, I think the guys in the interior, it's harder to be uh, a noticeable game changer. I think they can certainly have an impact, but those guys on the edge, those starters, have to be really good. I think that helps the defense as a whole. Know, the secondary doesn't have to do as much if you're getting after the quarterback, and you've got two five-star guys there, so you should be getting after the quarterback with regularity, especially um, you know against some of the teams that Ohio State will play, even in the Big Ten this year. Uh, the, the middle, I, I do like what they've gotten there. We were talking, you and I, bef- b- during the game about Michael Hall. Look, I think he's still dealing with whether he's still hurt or they're just being careful with him from – the injury last fall, where he was obviously very limited, unsure, but clearly he's not being used as much as he could be this spring if he's fully healthy. So that's a guy that, when he was on the field last year, was one of the better defensive tackles in the country. There's a reason they used "Baby Aaron Donald nickname with the kid because he's done some things in practice that have really impressed people. Um, and then the other guys you mentioned are all talented as well. So, look, we know there's going to be a rotation there. I like kind of the four at defensive end. I like three-ish deep, maybe four uh, at defensive tackle. So, you know, I, I think you'd like to have other depth just in case there's injuries. But I think if everyone's healthy, that's on paper a very good defensive line. Now they've got to play that way when it, when it counts, right? And, and we've seen some of it. We just haven't seen it enough.
1: Well, thank you, sir. I'll let you uh, get uh, to work. We're going to bring Steve Hellwagon in. Thank you, Patrick Murphy.
0: All right, well, I'll I was talk all to you. if
1: you were getting dizzy. One of the uh, one of our viewers on our live audience was like, Patrick, stop moving around. You're making me dizzy. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, because I like, of the, I like the
3: I'll just twirl like a little car. bit. Yes. I've the- just been pacing, really, is what's happening. Oh, okay. I can't read the comments, though, because of my sunglasses. I can yeah. barely see it, but then I couldn't see it all, and I'd just be
1: crying oh, on the so screen hard. here. They're, they're all they're all talking you up. Just the one guy was you're making the one guy dizzy. So I like the panoramic yeah. views though. So what a beautiful yeah, just, day here. I want a, everyone to see. What yeah. Day. What an absolute perfect day here at the horseshoe. All right, absolutely. Patrick, thank you, sir. All,
3: all right, talk to you later. Later.
1: All right, let's bring in Steve Hellwagon. All right, my buddy Steve Hellwagon here. Steve. Big Dave, what's going on? I got to change the banner here because you're not Patrick Murphy. I think
4: first spring game I went to may have been in the spring of 1986. I was a senior in high school, and I was coming to OSU in the fall. And uh, that was cool, in spring of 87. I was at that one as a freshman and started covering this crap in 1990. And, uh, you know, as spring games go, this was another one. So there you go.
1: In 1985, I don't know if you remember this. I thought it was the spring game. I thought like maybe that year they just held it at Welcome Stadium. It turns out they were doing like they did a couple of different spring games that year. But I my first spring game was held at Dayton Dayton's Welcome Stadium, and that was in 1985. And if you guys, excuse me, going into the 1984 season, excuse me, if you guys remember 84? That was a hell of a special year. They went to the Rose Bowl. That team included Chris Carter, Keith Byers, Mike Tomzak, and I'll never forget their were signing autographs after the spring game that year in Dayton. And Keith Byers had so many people around him signing autographs. He's from Dayton. and He was like, I, I, I got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss the bus. We're like, Keith, they're not going to leave without you, man. They're, they're not the going to they're not, they're not leave you back here in Dayton. The franchise. Keith, they'll, they'll hold the bus for you. But, um, I, yeah, I have fond memories of that. So, all right, biggest story out of today. You want to start with Kyle McCord? Or, sure. Okay, what, what are your impressions of McCord?
4: I think it was a slow start for him. And I think, obviously, going against the defense, I thought the defense played pretty well in the first half of this Scrimmage, they were at 26 to 10, I think, at halftime. And, uh, you know, it really had only given up one play, and that was the Chip Triana long touchdown run uh, right before halftime that kind of gave the offense a little bit of a spark, I guess. Then the second half, he came out. I think you texted me, Dave, around the end of the third quarter and noted that he was seven of 10, something like that, in the third quarter.
1: Six of 10, I was wrong. It was six okay.
4: of 10. He yep. Started maybe find yep. a little bit better rhythm. He and Marvin Harrison hit a couple passes in the first half, two passes yeah. for 62 yards on one drive, and they got down there. And I think they kicked a field goal at the end of that drive, for you know, they all kind of run together. I didn't have my sheet in front of me. But, you know, I would give him a, a B, I would say for today. I don't think it was A material. I think part of it was he was under duress. The offensive line didn't play particularly well. Uh, which has been an ongoing uh, situation, I think, for Ohio State this year in the spring is that the offensive line is so inconsistent. And that was the word that Ryan Day used to, to describe it. I just posted all of the uh, post game videos I had with Coach Day. The quarterbacks, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, did a press conference after the game. Also, got Cody Simon, a linebacker, and uh, Patrick got Denzel Burke, the cornerback. Those sure. were all of the interviews that we got after the game, four players and, and head coach Ryan Day. And uh, at least most of that will be with the game story right now that's on the front page of BuckNuts.com. So no Jim learning. Knowles, huh? No Jim no, Knowles. No, no Jimmy Knowles. Uh, but, you know, um, I I caught his interview with Big Ten Network at halftime, and he talked about how, you know, they learned the, the defense last year. Now the byword is compete compete. And I thought for the most part, the defense really did compete today. And, you know, I would give them a B plus, A minus, probably something like that. They did give up a couple plays, but I think those were younger guys later in the game that gave up, uh, you know, the, the two touchdown passes. So I'm not so, you know, worried about that. But uh, pass rush was good, I thought. Caden uh, Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, Hero Canoe, you know, a lot of Tyreek Williams, a lot of guys uh, earned some credit today. Uh, they got the stars in the game, JT Tui Malo, Al, and Marvin Harrison got him in and got him out. I guess from Kyle McCord, you just come away from this that you want to see more, you know? You want to see better. You want to see more. And I think, you know... With Emeka Buka, it looks a little different. With Xavier Johnson, it looks a little bit different. And they only had
1: Marvin out there for like three plays. Marvin. I don't and, think and, Kate Stover
4: paid much at all. No, either, and all so. the starting
1: DBs were out there, and all the good backup DBs. Like, I'm yeah. on record saying, I think the backup safeties are better than the starting safeties. I, mean, I, I like Latham Ransom. And Cam Martinez has had a good spring. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Davis and igben is a backup corner right now, a second-team corner. So, not only is McCord throwing to, you know, basically the guys he won't be throwing to during the season, but – if the defense gets a finger on him, he's down, you know. And then all the good DBs are out there, but not all the good wide receivers. But yeah. I agree with you. There were he just he's been okay. He's I don't think he's okay. been. I don't think he's been bad. I don't think he's been great. Mostly during the spring, he's been okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right. Um, you've touched on this. So if you're a Buckeye fan out there, what's your concern level one to ten? One, you're very very concerned. Ten, you're not concerned at all. Let's go the other way. One, you're not concerned. Ten, you're very concerned on the O-line. What's your concern of? Ten, you're very concerned. One, you're not concerned. About a
4: six. Six?
1: Yeah. Okay, i
4: I'm not going to overreact. I think Tegrit Tashbola is a really good player at right tackle. and Whether it's here or Mahalski, I think they're going to be fine over there. Josh Fryer, to me, has got to have – I think he's he has the potential to be a really good player as well. I think he needs to have a really good next three months and really – and I can't sit here and say what he needs to work on or anything. I just think he just needs to continue to grow and develop. And I, whether that's with his agility, whether that's with his strength, whatever it might be, whatever his deficiencies were in the spring, and the coaches have every, out, every inch of that videotape from the spring to say, on this rep, this is what happened, this rep, this is what happened. They can really drill down. He has been put through the real crucible, I think, this spring, of what it takes to play left tackle in the Big 10 and particularly for Ohio State. And I think the next 3 months for he and Justin Fry to go back into the laboratory and get out there on the indoor field and work on the kick step and work on this and work on that and drill it drill it drill it drill it, drill it down. He's got the ability to be the guy. It's just he's got he's he's worked hard to get to this point. He's going to have to work just as hard or harder to be a legitimate left tackle in the Big Ten, I think, for Ohio State going forward. But I think the potential's there. I'm not giving up on him or anybody. I don't necessarily subscribe to this idea that they're going to find a a panacea solution in the transfer portal. I just – if somebody's in the transfer portal, is this really somebody – that's going to come in and be a Jonah Jackson. All Big I, that's 10. what I keep
1: referencing. I could. It's not going to be a superstar, but I think they can get a Jonah Jackson. Mm, we'll see. I, I mean, I, a tackle yeah. version of Jonah. I think they can do that because uh, of nil. We'll see. We'll see. I maybe
4: uh, nil could be an enticement, but you know, again, what what exactly are you going to get? Um, there are. I, I wanted to ask Coach Day this, and I chickened out. I, I'm sorry, everybody. I, what were you gonna ask him? I'm sorry. What were you gonna ask him? Oh, I wanted to be that guy and pee on the cornflakes, you know, and there after the <laughs> spring game and say, "Oh, what a beautiful day this was." <laughs> hey, you got to run four guys out. <laughs> four scholarships over. Oh, that'll be easy. You're I could name I could I can name
1: about 10 right now. Yeah, I'm not those, going to.
4: But. Some of those fourth-year linemen who were in with the third team in the fourth quarter maybe that that'd be a place I'd start. Are there three uh, kickers still on scholarship?
1: Uh oh, Jesus. Man, I, I could ease I could name 10 right now. Yeah. That they could that they could see to see. add
4: to add Dave, to add data transfer tackle, you've got to get rid of five people. I mean, I, again I, I, I that's I, we
1: can name 10 right That's now. Easy. That's, That's easy. The, there's no way the coaches are worried about being four over or five over. Okay. No way. No, no way. Not. No, no way. In my opinion. In my opinion. All right. I'm going to get you. I asked Pat about this. I've been talking about this. Where are you at on Sonny Styles? Do you agree he, the, he needs to be a starter, period? Are you not there yet? And CJ Hicks, where are you at on CJ Hicks? I think those guys are going to be stars. They need to play. Yes. They
4: need to play. They need to figure it out, and they need to play. And uh, – I can't say if that's 60 plays a game or 40 plays a game, whatever it is, but uh, Sonny to me was as active as I've ever seen him as a football player. I I used to go to pick Central. I saw him in high school at least four times in his last two years, and what I was struck with was how I don't know why they did this, but they played him 20 yards off the ball, and he was only involved in about 10% of the plays. On defense, because I guess it so, worked. They won the title, right? Well, but still, it was I was a like, sophomore year, they oh, won it. Okay, and Lorenzo was still there, but they didn't win it either.
1: Well, he was only there a junior, yeah. yeah
4: junior year, they didn't win it, and then senior year, I guess
1: he wasn't there, he wasn't there. So he was here, yeah. He was here Playing against Georgia, that's a, so that's a high school senior. And Unbelievable! You
4: know they wanted must have wanted his freshman year because they didn't freshman win year. it his uh, sophomore year or his junior. Okay, year. I was going to say that's
1: bad coaching. But they then lost. Then I said, well, they won the state title. They not lost
4: bad uh, to uh, the Cincinnati team in the state championship game down at um,
1: Elder or Moeller or yeah, Elder, Saint, Saint Saint X. X maybe
4: down at uh, the crew practice facility down there oh
1: whatever that was what was it called like palace uh, obets oh, what was yeah, that called? fortress Obed's. Or, fortress, fortress and then Obed's.
4: the following year they lost to ua i think in the regional finals fortress or whatever. so any rate and they didn't play last year at high school but i think he's got to play uh i think i think you got to just keep pushing him keep pushing him keep pushing him because he's got the potential i i was kind of won over today by the way he Kept coming back, play after play in this game. Maybe the film will say something different. But uh, And Hicks, he was involved from the first series on, 11, 11, yes. 11. He was out there and very active, so uh, he's got to play, too.
1: No doubt about it. He had a sack. He almost had an interception. He tackles well. I love C.J. Hicks. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Like, um, Not a big story, but I thought it was interesting that uh, – I haven't talked about this yet, so I'm going to talk about this. Caleb Brown – was out. There. I thought he looked, looked solid as a slot receiver, but he was the one taking the first reps as the kickoff returner. And they weren't going live, but it's still telling to me that he was the one going first as the kickoff returner. And then he was the first one out there as the punt returner too. Jaden Ballard also got some run as punt returner. Muffed a punt. Jesse, Jesse Mirko was booming punts today. It's another thing I haven't mentioned on the show. So much to get into. But Caleb Brown... It wasn't just today. I had heard, Steve, that there was a very good chance he was going to be the number one kick returner this year, and they like Caleb Brown in that role. I've also heard Mecca Ibuka is probably going to be the punt returner. Marvin Harrison Jr. even said that. So I wouldn't expect Caleb Brown to be the punt returner. I think that's going to be a Mecca, But, man, it's been since 2004 – or, excuse me, 2014 since they've had a kick or punt return for a touchdown, Jalen Marshall – might that drought end this year? We'll, we'll see. But I think Caleb Brown can at least be a good kickoff returner for the Buckeyes this year. If they're playing musical chairs, a kickoff returner all of last year's yeah, year. Yeah.
4: One of the practices that we got to see uh, this spring, uh, it's obvious to me that Brian Hartline is pushing Caleb Brown to the moon. And that's on offense and in return game. Right. They love the football and Caleb Brown's hands. And so let's see how that you know uh, manifests itself in the fall. A lot of times the punts, the punters, any 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 days now, most teams are so good they hang it up there that it's hard to get a good return. You end up fair catching better than half the punts that are that are made. So, uh, but I agree with Dave on the ones that are returnable. Get a couple first downs. You know, get twenty yards, get thirty yards. Uh, that one against Maryland last year that Xavier Johnson had that really set them up to kind of put that game away. Yep you know, in the end. So that was huge. So in the big games, the special teams, as we've seen, make such a big difference. I mean, it won't matter against Indiana and some of these other teams that they're going to play as we see year in and year out. But in the big games, you know, when you go on the road uh, to Michigan and Notre Dame and Wisconsin, if you can, every yard you can steal on special teams is huge. And Caleb Brown can be that guy. As I saw at the one practice, they were Really pushing him hard on returns, and then over on offense, they were using him quite a bit. I think it was great to see Carnell Tate out there today making plays and Noah Rogers caught a touchdown. Noah Rogers caught a touchdown. Those guys are coming. The next wave is a coming.
1: Here we go. I totally agree with you on Caleb Brown of the second-year wide receivers. I think he's the best. I and mean, you I, I, know, solid Antwi is solid. Keon Grace had a bad drop today in the end zone; would have been a touchdown, obviously. And then Caleb Burton's always hurt. Um, So I think Caleb Brown's the one of those second-year wide receivers that has a chance. He is Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your time. All right, Dave. We'll get you out of here. Let you, We're gonna uh, go, go get everything
4: up on the internet. That's what he does. Enjoy.
1: Steve Hellwagon been covering this team. So it's funny. I'm one of the senior you're members. I'm one of the senior members of the beat. But it's like Tim it's May. So Tim May's one. You're two. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I have the third most seniority, which is crazy. No, it's not crazy. I'm old. I'm acting like I'm a young guy. I, think I Am I missing somebody? People that actually come to everything. I'm not talking about people that used to be on the beat that maybe will come by like once a year. Tim May, you by far. They won't get rid of us. And then I'm barely ahead of, of Douglas Maurice. He came on right after me. Kevin Noon a little bit after me. <laughs> ah, that's our impression. We're good friends with Kevin Noon. We're allowed to do that. We're, we're allowed to do – Steve, how's that Kevin Noon impression go again? Ah. Ah. All right. There we go. okay. There we go. Fire away with questions for me. We're going to get to some questions. As promised, you've already asked a question. I have not seen it. So if you want your question answered, please resubmit it. I really appreciate you guys joining us. We have a huge audience here. You guys are awesome. A lot of you, I recognize your names. You're very loyal listeners and viewers of the show. Uh, The Bucknuts Morning Five. I really appreciate you guys. Um, All right. David on YouTube. I better put my old man reading glasses on here, so I actually can read the, I can usually read the questions even without my glasses, but this way I can read them a little bit clearer. All right, Biddle, scale of one to 10, how concerned are you about the offensive line? So Steve went six, that surprised me a little bit. I'm more of in the like, not, not panicking, but I'm certainly no higher than a five. I might go four and a half. I'm concerned. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm forgetting my own rules here. Excuse me. I would go at least seven, maybe seven and a half. Sorry. One mean. I keep forgetting my own rules here. One, I'm not concerned at all. 10, I'm very concerned, right? I'm going to go seven, seven and a half. I'll go seven and a half. I'm concerned. I'm not panic level. I'm not a nine. I'm not a 10. I'm not even an eight. I'm a seven, seven and a half. I'm concerned. Steve was a six. I'll be happy with that. If they can be, you know, to me, a six means you're at least a decent offensive line. It does help that both starting guards are back. That's huge. But the other three guys will find out. I think Carson Hinsman's going to be a really good player here. But as a redshirt freshman, how's he going to be as a starting center? He's going to have ups and downs regardless. Luke Whipler did as well, and he ended up being a really good center. He had ups and downs as a redshirt freshman. So Carson Hensman will. That's, and then if they don't get a tackle, if Steve's right, and they don't get a tackle in the portal, at least one that's – not Jonah Jackson level, even though we're talking about a tackle, not a guard. Um, can Tegra or Zen um, lock that job down? I mean, Tegra looks like, I, you know, I always say that Kenyatta Jackson looks like he's straight out of central casting for a DN. I mean, Tegra looks like he's straight out of central casting for a right tackle. So, but again, red shirt freshman, didn't enroll till June. How good is he going to be? So, all right. I agree with that, Terry, on YouTube. The fact that, that Ryan Day handpicked Kyle McCord makes you feel better. I agree with that. Let's not forget that. Ryan Day, I think until proven otherwise, well, you guys can do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to think. In my opinion, until proven otherwise, I don't think people should question Ryan Day's quarterback recruiting. Like People are saying, oh, he missed on McCord. It should have taken McCarthy. Well, as Sue posted earlier, I guess I didn't see this. Apparently McCarthy thought he was uh, playing TCU again today in, in Michigan spring game or whatever it was. I assume it was today. Maybe it wasn't. And he threw three interceptions. Um, Like, again, he thought it was like the playoff semifinals again. I know he played well here, but it's easy to play quarterback when, you know, your wide receivers are open by 30 yards. Anyway, all season last year, he couldn't complete the deep ball. He had a good game against Ohio State and then played terrible against TCU. Um, And Ryan Day picked Common Court over him. So I agree with you, Terry. I agree with you. Another one from Terry. I've talked about this. Does C.J. Hicks start this year? I don't think he's going to start because that would entail beating out Steele. Okay. I think Steele's going to start. I don't think it's just a seniority thing. Steele's a good will linebacker and played well last year, especially the end of the year. Speaking of the Georgia game, go watch that Georgia game. Steele played really well um, in his home state, had an interception. So, but that being said, C.J. Hicks needs to play a lot. Okay. And maybe Steele will get banged up. You never know. And then C.J. will be a starter. Um, But, Is is CJ going to beat out Steele? I would say the odds are not extremely low, but I I would definitely say it's more likely than not that Steele will be the starter. Okay, so but I think CJ Hicks is going to play a lot. Sonny Styles is the one that I think has to be a starter. Tyler on YouTube, Dave, I have a question. Why do people overreact to McCord's play right now? That's what we do, right? I mean, I'm trying not to. I I think I'm being, you know, at least for my standards, somewhat level-headed but uh but seriously i that's what fans do i i'm guilty of it in other sports i feel like i've covered so many spring games not as many as hellwagon has but i've covered a ton of spring games and uh man i mean what well, we call it the bam childress award the tory and washington award so listen i i i'm well versed on taking everything in the uh, spring game with not a grain of salt but a whole shaker of salt maybe a whole ocean full of salt but um Yeah, I mean, fans are going to overreact. We do it all the time in every sport and in in spring games in the past. Do you guys remember, and and Ryan Day referenced this, so it would have been what, four years ago? Has it been that long? Four years ago in the spring game to the day, Justin Fields struggled. People are like, oh, shit, is Justin Fields going to be ready to be the starting quarterback of this team? Yeah. And I'm not saying comic McCord's going to be Justin Fields. My point is I agree with your sentiment that people are overreacting based on the spring game, but – Play Devil's Advocate. It wasn't just a spring game where I thought Kyle McCord looked okay. It was pretty much all a spring when we were out there. Now we saw a scrimmage where he just turned it on in the second half and just balled out. And I'm like thinking, if he can harness that what he did for those whatever 15 plays and that live scrimmage, if he can harness that, he's going to be really, really good this year. Not in the future like this year, but he's got to harness that. He's got to be consistent. He's been too erratic. Not crazy erratic, but just he's been okay. During spring. I keep saying it, but it's, I think it hits the nail on the head. He's been okay for spring. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible. Been okay. And I agree, he's got to be much better than that in the season. You can't have okay quarterback play as a starter at Ohio State. But again, I'm going to, I have to see it to believe it to think Ryan Day, that not only doesn't have a good quarterback on this team, but is going to pick, like, you know, he handpicked all these guys. He doesn't have a good quarterback. I, I'm not buying it. And the story has not been written on Devin Brown either. If McCord somehow does fall on his face, Devin Brown will be right there. We'll be right there. All right. Here we go. i way too long-winded. i got to scroll up to see your questions. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Yeah, Buckeye80 is asking a question a lot of people are wondering myself. Why can't we just play our best – Players on defense, Dave. Yeah, Sonny Styles is your prime example. I still think Sonny's going to start. I really do. I think Sonny's going to start. Yeah, I mean, if, if the starting receivers were, and this is from Greg on Facebook, um, McCord would have done even better today. He had Marvin in there just for a little bit to answer your question. Jaden Ballard played, but Jaden Ballard's not a starting receiver. The starting receivers today were Marvin Harrison for like five plays, three catches, and which I totally endorse. We don't need Marv, even though they weren't going live when Marv was out there. I don't. I don't need Marv getting hurt in a spring game. Um, you're already down to Mecca and Julian and X. Um, Ballard was out there with the ones to start the game, and so is Carnell Tate, who only had one catch for like short yardage till like the fourth quarter. Then he had a really good fourth quarter, including a touchdown. So um, that was good to see. But um, yeah, it would help McCord if he was uh, throwing his starting wide receivers, and if. The starting DBs were not all out there, and the backup DBs. The DBs are completely healthy, and they're like, other than Jihad Carter. So, but McCord's got to be better. There's no doubt about it. Sue, has Jaden Ballard helped himself up the depth chart today? Nice one-handed grab. That was a fantastic grab. It's tough, Sue. I, I think it's going to be tough for Jaden to, to play a lot this year, because if you're not in that top four, we know Heartline's not going to play you that much, unless it gets to, like, you know, the fourth quarter, and it's a blowout, because... Um, I mean, I use the Marvin Harrison Jr. example from two years ago all the time. I mean, he was really good as a true freshman and didn't even play till the Rose Bowl. And the only reason he played in the Rose Bowl is because Olave and Wilson sat out. And that was Marvin Harrison Jr. I know he's a true freshman and Ballard's going to be a third-year sophomore, but I still think the example holds. It's the same thing when people ask me, is Carnell Tate going to play a lot this year? I'm like, well, if he needed to, I think he could play well. But you asked me, will he play a lot this year, Carnell Tate? I would say no, because he's not going to be in that top four unless guys get hurt. Again, Marvin Harrison Jr. hardly played at all in 2021 um, until the Rose Bowl. And what happened? Three touchdowns. So he obviously was ready to play. It's just Hartline's philosophy, and I subscribe to this. I get why he does it. Hartline's philosophy is, you guys have heard me say this before, if I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. off the field for you, you better be at least as good as him. If I'm taking a Mecca book off the field for you, you better be at least as good as him. So Julian Fleming applies, Xavier Johnson, although Jaden is an outside receiver and, and X is inside. Now, one thing Jaden has that the other guys don't have, he can take the top off the defense, which is why we're all intrigued by him. I've heard he's got to become more consistent with his hands. Sue, but that was a great catch today. Has he helped himself? Yes. I still think he's probably entering camp as the fifth receiver in the pecking order. Probably. Can he beat out Julian Fleming for that third or fourth spot? If there's an injury, he'll be in there as a top four, no doubt about it. Assuming it's not Carnell Tate. But, um, yeah, I think he helped himself, but I I still would pump the brakes on thinking – Ballard's going to have a big role this year. Do I think McCord got outplayed by Tristan Gebbia? No, I don't. I don't think he got outplayed by Tristan Gebbia. Dream time, relaxation. Dave, what is your early prediction on the Buckeyes record this year and if they will win a national championship this year? Cutting right to the chase, my man. Um Prediction for record, I'll say they go 12-1 and but win the Big Ten championship and go to the playoff. Is this going to be the final year we're going to have a 14 team playoff? I can't remember if that's a couple years down the road. It's one of the final years if it's not the final year. I think they're going to get to the college football playoff. I'm not going to predict a natty. I I hope I'm wrong. I'll say they get to the playoff but fall short of the natty. But I think they're going to beat Michigan. I think they're going to go 12-1. and I don't know who the loss is going to be. I think they'll have one slip up, but they'll still be Big Ten champions. Probably win a uh, rematch with Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Luke Fickle, that's going to be so weird seeing Luke Fickle, especially if they play him twice, right? Man, how about the schedule this year, too, guys? I mean, we got it at Notre Dame. Start off with a Big Ten game at Indiana. You go at Notre Dame. You know, I mean, at Wisconsin, you got to play Penn State and Michigan State. Maryland's going to be good on offense this year with Tunga Violoa back and other guys they got coming back. Um, We've got to go to Michigan, of course. I mean, that is as tough of a schedule as I can remember. So we'll see what happens. That's my prediction. Now, what I hope happens is they win the national championship. They go 15-0 and and win it all. I don't even care if it's 15-0. Go 14-1. and uh, There you go. Thank you, Sue. I thought so. Go with your first instinct, right? I thought this is the last year. Okay. Thank you. Ninth hardest schedule in college football. According to the metrics, I'm sure – According to Sue, I won't be surprised if it's better than that. Kyle Holloway on YouTube is not feeling the love for the Buckeyes this year. Eight and four. Kyle, if you really believe that, I think the over-under for wins is like ten and a half. So if you're going to take eight, they could win ten, and you'd still win your bet if you take the under. So if you really think they're going to only win eight games, or even you think they're going to win nine games or ten games, take the under and make yourself a little cash. They're not going eight and four. I'll bet Steve's car – they're not going to go eight and four this year. <laughs> Hunter Williams on YouTube. This is one thing we all said in the media too, like uh, throughout spring. Didn't realize how huge Jelani Thurman is, says Hunter. That guy is a giant. I know, right? He's listed at 6'6", 253. He looks bigger than that. He, he's going to be a stud here. He's another one. I don't think he's going to play a lot as a true freshman. You got Cade Stover. You got Joe Royer. You got G. Scott Jr. Um, but I think they're still going to – I don't think they're, they're going to redshirt him, but he's not going to play a lot. Larry, I kind of covered this. Is Ballard better than Fleming? I think it's close. That's why I'm not ruling it out that Ballard could beat out Fleming for that third or fourth spot. Xavier Johnson's going to be in that top four, but he's kind of a jack of all trades. So if you want to talk about – that's why I say the third or fourth spot. You know, So it would take an injury to one of the top guys for Ballard to play a lot, in my opinion, or he would have to beat out Julian Fleming. So is Ballard better than Fleming? I mean, according to the coaches, he wasn't last year. Because Fleming played in Ballard, really didn't. So at least last year, Fleming was ahead of Ballard according to Brian Hartline. Can Ballard change that? We'll find out. Ballard was limping a bit after that one catch. I don't think I saw that. This is one of the things I need to. This is why I need to rewatch the game when I get home. Yeah, Caleb Brown actually spells it with a K. I'm not trying to be a grammar nerd. Just letting you know, Caleb Brown with the K looked really nice today. Says Israel Sharp on YouTube. Routes shifty. Yes. Yeah, Steve and I talked about that. Um, in fact, I'm sure your question was up there before we were talking about that uh, or your comment. Yeah, I thought Caleb Brown looked good. He's looked good all spring. Um, probably not going to play a ton this year, but he's a guy that they like as you know, a backup slot receiver, um, and they really like him on special teams. He was taking the first reps with the kickoff returning team. He was the kickoff returner, the main kickoff returner. And I'll be surprised if he's not the main kickoff returner this year. Uh, he was also taking the first uh, reps as the first team punt returner. And as, as I said earlier, if you miss it, Emeka Ibuka is probably going to be the punt returner this year, but Caleb Brown at least is going to be the backup punt returner. J- uh, Jaden Ballard's in the mix too at punt return. He had a muff today, but Jesse Mirko boomed the hell out of that kick. So, man, you guys are awesome. Yeah, I agree. Zone six, properly named. You talking about a wide receiver here on YouTube. Zone six says Noah Rodgers is going to be good. I agree tate and rightfully so carnell tate's gotten all the buzz this spring again rightfully so but both things can be true carnell tate's going to be a future stud and so is noah rogers i love his film coming out of high school against really good competition he wasn't a big like camp circuit guy even though he was almost a five star it still felt like he was underrated because you wonder if he went like to all these camps and stuff not that he didn't go to any but combines and stuff yeah, there you go. Another Noah Rogers comment. This is from Mozart's Ghost on YouTube. Good to hear from Mozart Mozart's Ghost, as usual. Most, I can't even pronounce Mozart right now. Noah Rogers looks big out there. Styles usually makes receivers look small. That's exactly right. Noah Rogers listed at 6'2", Sonny's 6'4", and Noah Rogers is every bit of 6'2". He looks closer to 6'3", to me. So, yeah, he does look big out there. A the kid that should be getting ready for his high school prom looking good out there. I like this one. Oh, fellow Beaver Creek Beaver. Counselor Burke, good to hear from you. One of my good friends. Big Buckeye fan, Christopher D. Burke, checking in. Young man I've known for a long time. Go back to high school together. Go back to elementary school together, in fact. Go back to youth sports together. All right. Let me, let me get to your question instead of just talking about my buddy Chris Burke. All right. Based on what you saw and what you know, what is the depth chart for running backs one through five? Hashtag Go Beavers. That's. Beaver Creek Beavers, not Oregon State, just to let everybody know. Nothing against Tristan Gebbia. I'm talking about the Beaver Creek Beavers. Um, One through five, I love it, Burke. Um, It's tough. So I'm going to put, just because he's coming off the injury, I'm going to put Pryor at five. Now, I like Evan Pryor a lot, but that's a serious injury you're coming off. A torn patellar tendon. He's going to be fine for the start of the season, but he's still coming off a very serious injury. So I'll put Evan Pryor at five. Man, it's so tough. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all the. I'm gonna go the opposite. If he if he's healthy, which he was not last year, everybody's calling him soft. Had the broken foot. We saw what he could do as a freshman. He needs to get better with his vision. But if he's healthy, I think Travion Henderson will trot out there at, with the starters when they go out to start the Indiana game. So I'll say Travion Henderson will start the season as the starter. But I, I like all these guys, so I'm not saying anybody has, has the job locked up. But I think Trey will get the first reps. When the offense trots out there against Indiana two, man, this is tough. I'm going by what I think the coaches are going to do. Not necessarily that I don't, I disagree with this, but I I think this is what the coaches are going to do. I think Travion will be the starter. I think Mayan will be the number two back to start the year. We saw him take the first reps today. He was the starting running back today and you could almost flip a coin between chip and and Dallin. I would have said Dallin entering springs. I really like Dallin and he didn't do anything where I'm down on him. This spring, I think he had a really good spring. Dallin did, but Chip just impressed me all spring. I almost want to cheat and say tie for number three, but I won't, I won't cheat. I'll go Chip three, Dallin four. I almost feel bad putting Dallin four because I like Dallin a lot. But this goes to show they were so decimated in injury with injuries last year at running back. We've never seen a running back room that decimated at Ohio State. Never, ever. And I mean, they're down to playing Xavier Johnson and like Mitch Rossi at running back in the college football playoff after having six weeks of rest. We've never seen anything like that. This is incredible if you look at it. Not that my depth chart is going to be what it is. Let's say it is in whatever order. you got Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, you got Chip Traynham, Dallin Hayden, and Evan Pryor. Those guys can stay reasonably healthy. That's a hell of a running back room. That's a hell of a running back room. Yeah, Doug, this is why it was an excellent question from my friend. I'm not just saying that because Burke and I go way back, and he's a good dude. Um, it was a great question. It was a tough question. And Doug's saying Dallin Hayden is going to be hard to keep off the field. And I have him as the fourth back right now. I agree. I mean, he's he's good. We saw what he could do against Maryland last year. There were rumors that he had some uh, ball security issues in practice. I don't even know if there were rumors because Ryan Day would say, when we would ask him about it, he wouldn't say he had ball security issues, but he would say code for that, stuff like, well, you know, it's, most important thing as a running back to make sure you, if you're, if you're, you're handing the ball to the official after every play. You know, basically saying you can't fumble the ball. That's a – Easy to read between the lines there that there were fumbling issues in practice with Dallin Hayden, which is why probably Chip Traynum got the start against Michigan. <laughs> we all forget Chip was the starting running back against Michigan. Dave, this is from Dreamtime again, Dreamtime relaxation. Dave, is Carrico most likely transferring out? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's got a lot of second team reps look good today. I think they're going to keep him around. Three years of eligibility left now. Maybe P he looks like he's not in the mix this time next year, he'll transfer. I think with three years of eligibility left, he'll stay. We'll see. Doug thinks my running back depth chart is on point. Thank you, Doug. Let's go to Mike on Facebook. Mike Allen on Facebook. What are my opinions of the cornerbacks today? I thought they were good. I thought Denzel Burke did what he's done all spring. He played really well. He's gonna have a good year as a third year uh, as a junior. Third-year guy. We see it all the time. Third-year corners at Ohio State, ball out. He's going to be one of them, his money year. I like Jordan Hancock. Even I don't know if he did that much today. I'll have to go back and watch. I love Davis and Igbenoson. I like Jair Brown. They had Ryan Turner in there running uh, with the slot safety, It's slot safety, which is really hybrid um, hybrid corner safety spot. I like the corners a lot. Jermaine Matthews is a true freshman, solid. Even though he's a true freshman, he had solid depth and rolling early. I love the top four corners, um, especially the top three. I love the top four. I like Jair Brown a lot. I'll just say I love the top four. I love Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, Davis Enigma and Jair Brown. I think they're good to go at corner. Corner was another position. We've never seen Ohio State that decimated at a position ever um, than we saw last year. Now, you go into a season with only six scholarship cornerbacks, and two of them are true freshmen, and one of them's a redshirt freshman. And that's what you get. You know, two guys get hurt, and then you're in dire straits. But, uh, all right. Um, Well, thank you. Dreamtime is is saying uh, thanking me. Well, thanks to all of you guys. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Went for almost an hour and a half here. You guys are awesome. We're going to end the show here. Yeah. um, Brian says Hicks looks very good. I agree. CJ Hicks. Again, if you're just tuning in, CJ Hicks needs to play this year. Not necessarily start over steal, because steal's really good, too. CJ needs to play, and I think he will. I think he will. And Sonny Styles needs to start, not play off the bench start rarely leave the field type of guy all right appreciate you guys very 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 much um thanks to the dean of ohio state football recruiting bill Curlick. thanks to patrick murphy thanks to steve hellwagon thanks to all of you so much i appreciate it. i am dave biddle the gray the defense prevails in the spring game over the offense 41 to or excuse me 40 to 31 40 to 31 is your final score including archie's touchdown but again i think the Scoring was set up to, you know, we joked, oh, Ryan Day always favoring the defense and ignoring the offense. Funny joke, huh? Uh, Setting the defense up to win the game. Ryan Day always always worry about the defense, not the offense. Um, But seriously, I thought that one thing I think they should have done is that the offense got two consecutive first downs. They should have got a point. You get two straight first downs, you get a point. Because if the defense gets you off the field, they get a point. You get a three and out, they get three points. They get a sack. They get two points. I think if the offense gets two straight first downs, they should have got a point. Whatever. I didn't like the scoring system, but who am I to say that? Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for joining me. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. A lot of recruiting stuff, a lot of more you know, comments and, and commentary and stories and videos on the spring game. Steve and Pat are working on that right now. I'm going to work on some of that as well. Um, thanks, guys. Appreciate you so much. Go Bucks. The season's going to be here before we know it. I hope I'm. I hope you guys believe my lie. No, it will. It will be here before we know it. Enjoy the rest of your spring. Enjoy your summer, and then uh, we'll see you on the Bucknuts Morning Five. I know I I recognize most of the names in here. So, uh, so yeah. I uh, thank you guys. Appreciate it very much. Go Bucks! Thanks for joining me here on What We Learned Live.